Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So Cheryl, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Ah, I love that. Um, So... I feel like my, my difference is, um, I have a lot of courage to take on, uh, problems or areas that people are afraid of. And I feel like I have this mission to change, to change the leadership model in corporate America. And so I'm doing, I'm attempting to do that through the book, through my speaking and and just empowering this movement on seeing and recapturing the humanity of our people. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Cheryl. As you just heard, she's got some pretty lofty goals to help us recapture our humanity. Cheryl is a very, very experienced chief people officer, and she's worked across several organizations to help maintain engagement of employees during tough times. And she's also helped leaders figure out how to be strategic in developing an engagement and communications plan. So we talk about various ways to rebuild trust and safety. We also talk about her background, how she got into what she is doing right now. And, you know, as always, the optimist that I am, the angry optimist that I am, I'm hoping that you feel empowered to use some of these strategies and then, you know, get the book. The book will be in the show notes. But enough of me. Here's Cheryl. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Cheryl DeSantis. Cheryl is an executive writer and speaker with more than 20 years of experience in strategic people and organizational development. She's a global thought leader on defining the future of work, and her new book, Still Backbone, Soft Heart, is what we'll be discussing today. We'll also make sure we give you a chance to understand why she became who she is today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. A pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. We were having quite a back and forth before we hit record, but... The thing that I like about you, and, and I was doing, I did a deep dive on your on your career, is just how aware you are of the lived experiences you have. You know, you mm-hmm. you talk about how you grew up, adopted, and how it played a role in who you are, but then you also use that and parlay that into how you want to make sure other people have the opportunity to tell the story. So for the audience, how did you become who you are? What is your origin story? Okay, I want to have two answers to this because one, I will answer my origin story. The other, I want to tell you that 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 ability to share that story did not come easily. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I will get, I will hit the second one in a minute, but um, no, listen, I, I, I grew up, um, I was adopted by an, an amazing family. Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia and I went on to be an athlete, a college athlete. And um, I, you know, I, I kind of felt that a lot of my worth was based in my achievement. And so I think for an adopted kid, I was one of the lucky ones because sometimes adopted kids will try to push everybody away to, to, to prove that they're not, lovable. I was like, I have to prove my worth and I'm going to go achieve out the, um, as much as I can, but it, it, it became a really limiting behavior for me. And I guess I'll, I'll dovetail into the second part of that question, which was what it created in my mind was that I had to be the best at everything that I did. And that failure was not an option and that people would only love me if I was achieving. And it wasn't until I took a big job and they made me do about an HR and they made me do about 35 assessments of who I was. And I was looking at all of them thinking, how am I going to, you know, how's this going to go? There was one on EQ that I was like, oh, I'm going to nail this one. I've got great EQ. I love people. I'm, I'm so interested in them. And the one thing that came back was that people found me hard to know. And I was shocked by that, shocked that where I had to, you know, I was 40. So I was like, well, do I not know myself by now? You know? Um, and, uh, I had to reflect and it, it was, I had put so much armor onto protecting myself from people even knowing my story. I wouldn't even tell people I was adopted at that, even at that age. And, um, and, and just owning in that I could be vulnerable. I could share my struggles. I could be a hundred percent who I was at the office and anywhere else. And so it took that one little, that one little test for me to realize I wasn't living authentically. And, and, and that was the beginning of this journey to write this book. Yeah. Well, and then the book that we're discussing is still backbone, soft heart, but you look at that title and anyone is thinking still backbone, soft heart. Sounds like two opposing concepts there. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I think, you know, what I've realized in life is, is we are taught very well how, at least in the business world, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. We're taught very well about, you know, having a point of view, being buttoned up, researching and getting all the answers, being very prepared, you know, uh, not showing weakness or vulnerability, being right, tough. Right. Um, and so we get that, right? We, we get that in spades. What we, what we used to throw aside is, oh, these are soft skills, are, are things that I think are needed based on where the workforce is today. And that's the, that's the bringing up the soft heart because it's okay to have a vision, to have boundaries, to have standards, to have high standards. Um, but what I was seeing missing in leaders, but also in, in regular people was opening their hearts and being empathetic and, and truly putting aside some preconceived notions and being curious uh, about other people and, and how we can connect together. And so it's, it's putting the two together. Yeah. And obviously it's, everyone has experienced a global pandemic at this point and 2020, in my opinion, and we, we are in similar fields, changed the outlook of what the future of work was going to be like, whether it's with the zoomification of the world or just a recognition that there are humans behind the personas that we we show up uh, with at work. And I'm very curious to see if you you also noticed that shift as you were writing your book. Yes. And I can remember uh, doing um, a podcast in 2020 where I said, you know, for a field that I love, human resources, there's not a lot of humanity in it in the corporate world. Exactly. And um, and it was that the, the, the COVID, the pandemic really brought about that we, we have lost our 
our sense and our view of, of humanity. It wasn't just COVID. It was all the social and political things going on in 2020 and 2021 as well, where you could just see this stepping away of seeing people as, as actual human beings with, um, you know, with, with thoughts, feelings, and emotions and a right to belong just for yeah. who they are. Yeah. Yeah. It, I always find this interesting because, and not interested in a good or bad way, but it, sometimes a frustrating way for me, because we, you talked about humanity, you talked about this concept of belonging, but whenever I, I take that bird's eye view and look at what's happening, a lot of all these camps are mm -hmm. actually fighting for essentially the same thing on their side. You know, this, you're, you're threatening my way of living. I'm fighting for a better way to live so I can share more of myself. And I often wonder why people can't take that bird's eye view to understand that just because you live this way doesn't mean that everybody else, you know, is going to feel the same way if they have the same conditions around them. You know, it, it's, it becomes this tribalistic thing where it's either or instead of both and. No, it's, it's so yeah. true. And um, I love the both and concept. It, it's also because people tie their sense of security to things staying the same. And so, you know, there's a there's a nice grid chart that shows that growth happens when you're in the stretch zone, right? So yeah. you can imagine the sliver and yeah. underneath it's the comfort zone and on the other side is the panic zone. Well, a big population of people wanna live in the comfort zone. And I think COVID, because everything was up in the air, we saw more people run to, I'm gonna get entrenched in the things I'm comfortable with versus opening myself up because now everything's up in the air. Um, and so I actually saw us recede in that area uh, post-COVID. <sighs> recede. Recession. <laughs> oh, yes. I like wordplay, so I've always messed in with the wordplay. Yeah. But it, the recession of the mind or mindsets of ideologies and even the economy it, it does play a role in what you said, right? People will cling on to things that uh, that they've attached security to. So I'm going to hang out with my crew, my family, my group, and I'm not going to engage further or put myself in a position where I can have a risk, be, risky behavior. Because after all, we are in a recession. Uh, there's, there are not as many jobs. There are a bunch of these layoffs. Uh, there's about to be a political election. I mean, So all these things start happening. And the thing that I know that you really focus on is this concept of mindset. So even in your book, you, you, each of the chapters are, you know, bookended with this concept of what a steel backbone is and what mm -hmm. a soft art is for the concepts. So yeah. with the remainder of the conversation, I, I want to sort of use the audience as an avatar and we'll have you be the teacher here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to ask maybe just four simple questions. So the first question, okay. first question is how can we learn to see ourselves? Ooh, wow. You start with the big one. I love that. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes uh, self-reflection is can be obtuse and scary to people. Um, I do think, you know, the overused phrase of feedback is a gift it is one that we we have to start to, to really explore more. It's like having people you love and trust, giving you um, honest, incredible feedback about yourself is, is a good way. Uh, uh, my favorite quality or attribute is, is curiosity. So um, if we can get more curious as to the why we do things, that's always a good place to start. Like, 
well, why do I, uh, you know, start my day this way? Or, or why, why does that issue bother me? Or, or what, what's really underneath of that? So I think we need to start getting feedback. We need to be more curious in our own selves. And then just taking the time, like a, a lot of times we'll, we might read for pleasure or we might, you know, we might be learning uh, something new, but we don't invest in our own selves. And uh, mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes this year, I think it was this year, maybe it was last year, was, was Warren Buffett, where he said, if I had to make one investment, it would be into myself because that's yeah. the one thing I will have with me for the rest of my life. And so I just think more people need to think about setting aside time of how do you really invest in yourself? And, and certainly knowing yourself is, is the best way to continue to grow. I think you bring up a great point of understanding the distinction between knowing yourself versus what you think yourself is. A lot of us, when we're clinging on to that secure versions or anything that we feel like is going to give us security, it's based on whatever was passed on. You know, I grew up under dictatorships, for example, initially before we transitioned to civilian rule. And one of the ways to be secure would be my parents would always tell me, get this job, lawyer, doctor, engineer, you know, outside of that, you're a failure. But what the what they weren't really saying is we just want you to be able to have a secure salary. These are the jobs that I know that people are always going to be demand for. Right. That's yeah. how that's what they were really saying. And we remember we grew up in this times. So we never know what tomorrow's promised. You know, the government could do this, it could do that. And so understanding that separation of who you are outside of that. Well, taking a moment, well, what do I actually like outside of what someone else has told me? I think yeah. can unlock multiple things in yourself. Yeah. And, and I think it takes a little bit of retuning every so often too. I, I'm going through a season of my life right now where, where I was just doing that again, where I'm like, mm -hmm. what really makes me come alive? You know, it, it, is my purpose still the right purpose for me? Um, which is to, you know, there, I want to motivate, develop courageous leadership. Um, and, you know, are the things that used to make me happy still the things that make me happy? Yeah. And it's easy for my brain to go into the 20 million things I have to do, but I am working more on setting aside that time just to make sure I have a tune in or a checkup with myself, which, you know, I think we could all benefit from. I love that. I love that. I always call that updating the software itself. Yes. Like, yeah. Like if you have an iPhone, there's always that annoying update. We're going to restart your phone. By <laughs> uh, That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. So the second question then is, is it's expanding out. How can we learn to see others? Oh, gosh. That is a great question. Um, that is a big, deep question, actually. Dovetail, um, dovetail everywhere, please. <laughs> I love it. Um, how can we learn to see others? Um, I think uh, on that one, you know, and again, I'm in the HR profession. So uh, I, I do think it is the concepts of that I put into the into the book around like I said, around curiosity, around yes. being approachable, about being inclusive, those attributes kind of have you going, okay, well, let me figure out the other people around me and how they tick. Um, and I think if you have that innate curiosity of, um, I wonder what makes you tick. Like, I wonder, I wonder why you're getting up every day and doing this. Um, then we start to see them differently. I, I know with my team, one of the things I do frequently is this exercise. It's in the book called the tree of life, where they yep. have to come and so, talk about their roots and strength. It is in those moments that then suddenly I can see beyond the, the hard charging, super professional person that shows up to work every day. So I think digging deeper and exploring the personal side, what makes the person who they are and what do they care about? It, it, it's why I love purpose in general so much, because when, when someone can tell you what their purpose is, 
then you can start to see some of the the, the underlying things. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Things that are driving their behavior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in one of the interviews I was listening to that you did, you said culture is carried on by behaviors and how leaders act. But the concept of behaviors, though, is what you're talking about. It's these things and whether we're actually cultivating those environments for multiple uh, behaviors to exist so that we can understand uh, in that sense. It, it, it is it is one of the most important things, and and uh, I'm entering a new job right now, and and that's one of the first thing questions I ask is what are, what are the established leadership behaviors, like how how do people how do people see us, um, and uh, you know, and I and I think in in life when when we start to think about our impact, um, then then I think we can be empathetic or understand you know. What is that? It, you know, what is that feeling I want to have with somebody, and what do I want to get from them? So, and how you can establish a form of accountability. You know, the, the, like the question that you said, uh, how the leaders see us. A lot of times, you and I know this when leaders don't like being seen as the the bad people, and if um, they are, sometimes they try to do things that only paint them in the good light instead of yeah. sitting with why people see them as the bad people and then addressing those things. You're like, okay, okay, well. Yes. This is what happened. This is why we're doing this. I get that this is frustrating. Da, 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 da. And so, yeah. Yes, I uh, I definitely feel you on that. And it, it it creates such bad behavior because sometimes that can lead to like a consensus culture because the leader doesn't want the decision attached to them. So they'll try to bring in so many people and then everything moves slowly. And that's, that's where you really slow down your culture and people start to see and sense that something's not right. <laughs> sure, you lose trust, right? Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. Now, the next two questions, you've touched on it there, but they're, they're similar to the workplace. They're related to workplace because we talked about how you can learn to see yourself, which is the ultimate you know, foundation and gives you that info. But then how you can see others then allows you to really use those soft skills that you probably find out when you're learning or opportunities that you find that as you're looking to learn it by yourself. Like, OK, I need to get better at this. And so you, as you get better at this, you start to see others more. But yeah. In the workplace, there depending on your power dynamic, the the level you are, the entry level, mid level, uh, or executive level, you might run into people asking the question I'm asking you now: How can we learn to be ourselves in the workplace? So, mm-hmm. you've done everything. The first two things: you've learned what what you are. You you have a good sense of other people around you. But maybe you're in a workplace, but you have bills to pay, <laughs> yeah. and you're starting to notice elements of a toxic culture. Not quite toxic, but you knowing that they'll shut you down if you do this or if you bring something that's related to what, to what you are 
you know, a, a big part of who you are. What do you say to that person or those group of people who are currently experiencing that identity crisis right now? Yeah, no, that's that's hard. Um, as a side note, I will say I feel like the number one priority for all leaders is to figure out how to bring psychological safety to their teams. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yes. Yeah. Because then that person can bring up issues and it's productive. It's not, oh, I'm oh, you think I'm not a good leader? It's a, hey, can we work on this or I'm feeling anxious about my job security. So number one, I'd love to start with all leaders on creating psychological safety. I think that's important for those that are sitting in a place where they don't feel psychologically safe, but they still do have to pay the bills. I, I would say, you know, there's kind of two, two paths forward. One is to try to find some trusted people within your organization that you can at least get some support with. Mm -hmm. um, and in conversations with, and at least what, whatever that is, that's really hurting your soul. Cause there's nothing worse than, than coming to work every day and, and, and struggling and suffering, um, that, you know, you get two free days at the weekend to kind of re retool and then you're, you're struggling for five days. So find your people. Um, but I'd say that, uh, I would start looking for a job if you feel like you're in a, on yeah. a team where it's not psychologically safe to share kind of your, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I, you know, I, I give the same advice in the sense that, you know, because sometimes in a job market, it can be turbulent. It yeah. it then becomes how, you know, you are, you protect the best version of yourself or areas of yourself that can keep you productive, but also be on the lookout for the best uh, environment that can, you know, feed your soul and more. And so when you start thinking that way, even if there isn't a defined timeline and when you're going to find another opportunity, you're at least giving yourself something to hope for and something to, yeah. to push yourself to, towards because you've made the decision. And for me, when I, I used to live in Virginia, you said you were, you were initially in Northern Virginia, the, the path that I, I am on now came from a recognition of understanding my current environment wasn't suiting me, right? Yeah. I have a boisterous personality, but I was in a, uh, a small town where people didn't necessarily appreciate elements of my blackness essentially mm -hmm. and so I, I started thinking okay i came up to a game here in new york city to watch uh you know lebron was in miami at the time so miami played the knicks and i just remember feeling alive it's mental data you're like okay i felt alive here and this reminds me of my hometown lagos nigeria environment okay what can i do now to put myself in this environment is it you know school is it work is it all these things and so you start taking all those notes those elements and you can go back to the place where you feel unsafe and you start realizing okay this is the plan give yourself this time by this time you can get there but your brain works in action because you're feeding it with information and you start attracting those opportunities and so it, you know th that's what i did and then i changed my environment and then you know different things started to happen so i agree with you on that I, I do love that. And, you know, my own personal example around that was a painful one where I was in a, I myself was working in a toxic situation that the company wasn't toxic, but my boss was. And, it's right. um, and I felt like the biggest failure. I mean, I was so, um, I lost all my confidence and yeah. I thought I can't even look for a job because no one's going to hire me because I can't make this relationship work. Um, and if not for the people I reached out to for support, who could kind of remind me like who I was, they were like, wait a second, like uh, your feelings are valid. And this is not you like, you know, this is separate from you, like really helped me separate the negative feelings I was 
giving towards myself so I could survive that bit in the toxic culture and get healthier so that I could then go somewhere else <laughs> and, and, and find what you found by going to New York and, and finding your sense of, of belonging. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you. And then, and then with the last question is basically something you've brought up on is this idea of um, psychological safety. Cause the question is how can leaders learn to create a safe space for others? I, I think, you know, to one of the quotes that you had said earlier, culture is carried on by the behaviors and how leaders act. A lot of people are aspiring change makers, leaders listen to the podcast right now. And th th they're at this forefront where there are a bunch of cultural wars, right? Regardless of your political affiliation, you, your parent right now, this part, this question, creating a safe space for others is the toughest part for them. You are all about heart centered leadership. But they're probably right now putting their earbuds and listening. What, what, what can I do? I don't know. I have this this person here who believes this politically. That person believes that here. This person, you know, is this. This person is that. I don't like this generation's way of thinking versus my generation's way of thinking. Is this hard work? What is mental health? Mental health is good. You know, everybody has this uh, thoughts around mental health. And I, you know, and this podcast will big proponents of mental health. But sometimes the critics of the podcast will say, yeah, you're, you're being soft which, you know, we disagree with. However, it does paint, it does yeah. paint the idea that there are a bunch of culture wars. So yeah. how does a leader create a safe space in that environment? Yes, I love that question. I know I want to reclaim the word soft because uh, I think it is actually, we need some softness in this world because okay. everything is so rigid and tough. And, you know, even Thanksgiving, like you can't even go to Thanksgiving without the the, the wars over, over different social or political or, or different things. So, you know, the way I try to do it for myself, and then I'll talk about teams, is if somebody's coming forward with a really a view that I'm God, it's a, it's triggering me in a big way because it's so anti my values, yeah. is, is I do try to ask them, well, tell me where, when you first started to believe that, like what was present for you? Um, almost like a coaching mindset of, of just getting them to talk more because when you can get under underneath of it, um, you start to um, try to get a sense in it versus just a, hey, this is bad. I don't like this, you know, I don't like this side. Um, and, uh, and, and instead of just going, well, I don't like you then. It's like, let, let's get curious at, at where that first started. Like what was going on with you? And it, it diffuses the person because you're not arguing with them. <laughs> you're trying to understand. And, and, and for me, the path through all of this uh, strife and discord is going to be, we're going to have to hit a point where we have to seek each other out to understand. Yeah. Um, so, so questioning and doing that as a leader, um, look, we had to send out some leadership training after the George Floyd murder so that people could understand that it's okay. It's okay to say to your team who, who might have a mix of ethnicities, tell me how this impacted you. Right. Initially people were, were dead afraid of that. And we were like, no, we cannot, we cannot pretend that this is not happening. <laughs> we got to give people a chance. Just ask the, you know, we gave them like five or six questions. Like just, just bring it out. Don't feel like you have to solve it because you're not going to solve systemic racism in, in one conversation, but just right. opening the door so that someone can say, I don't feel like I can work right now because this is really impacting me and it not having any sort of re repercussions is powerful. So I think it would be start with the small, start with the small by letting everybody's voices and opinions feel welcome without trying to, to manage it. Um, and, and with just letting that breathe and impact people and, and see how the team continues to, to change.
Yeah, I love that. This is, you know, audience, this is what the book is about. You know, steel backbone, soft heart. Uh, what was the process like writing this book? Because you said you started writing this book a, a few years ago, but did you find it enjoyable, frustrating? Yeah, um, the, the very first inclination to me to write this book came uh, literally after I went through that assessment and learned so much about vulnerable leadership, right? It was kind of the beginning of Brene Brown's, you know, ascent yeah. to greatness. Yeah. And, and I kept thinking, okay, there's something in this vulnerability, this empathetic leadership. Um, but I, I put it down in 2012. I did an outline, I put it down. And then I, you know, my career took off even more. I moved, I, all this stuff. I picked it back up. Um, I had a, uh, I had a partner um, and he used to always tell me, why are you not writing this book? You're, you know, he works for a big pharmaceutical company. He's like, companies that I've been involved with, they could benefit from this type of leadership. And uh, I was like, I'll get to it one day. I have a book in me. Well, unfortunately he passed away. And oh, so, sorry. You know, yeah, in 2021, it was, mm. it was, uh, it was, you know, it was an accident. It was very unfortunate. And, uh, but with that grief and going through that, and again, speaking of mental health, I had my own little crisis right then where I got a lot of help and support, but through it, I found, uh, Hey, let's, 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 let's do this to honor him, but to also honor that I can work through my grief by helping people. And, and that's what really got me through the, that grief session was I'd like to be able to change the leadership structure in corporate America. Let me see who I can help just by doing this book and something in that, that energy uh, made it so cathartic for me. And then when I went to go release it, I just, I kind of felt like I did it for him and I. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where can people get your book? Yes, you can find the book on Amazon right now. And um, and if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I, I love to share a conversation um, on LinkedIn. And I also have a webpage, CherylDeSantis.com, if you want to get the, the first chapters for free and check it out before you buy. Yeah, I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes. And definitely, yes, your LinkedIn, your your website, and uh, links to the book for sure. Uh, this is fun. I, 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 my ultimate final question is my mission statement reframed as a question. Okay. So Cheryl, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Ah, I love that. Um, so I feel like my my difference is um, I have a lot of courage to take on uh, problems or areas that people are afraid of. And I feel like I have this mission to change to change the leadership model in corporate America. And so I'm doing I'm attempting to do that through the book, through my speaking and, and just empowering this movement on seeing and recapturing the humanity of our people. Seeing and capturing the humanity of our people, changing the leadership structures in our world. Big, big lofty goals, but I, I I love it because that's the only way we can make an impact. But yeah, uh, this is this is fun. This is fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you break down some of these barriers that we have and uh, propel the the uh, most empathetic leaders that we can have in the next generation and this generation. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I'm going to keep trying, and you got to have these audacious goals, right? Because yes. <laughs> it's the only yes. way you keep going. But hey, thank you for helping me uh, share share the word. I appreciate it. Pleasure is mine. Kings, queens, and royalty. Until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.